Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael, myself, or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Along with Dr. Tim Hayes, who is with us as usual, and we're thankful for you. Uh, this has been an intense weekend for us. Michael's been going through a major healing opportunity, but he's back on his feet just a few hours before the radio show time, so it works out perfect. Today is Monday, April the 11th, 2016, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Hey, sweetie. Thank you. We're honored. Welcome, everybody, for joining us. We're just delighted that you're here to be with us. As Jeannie said, I just went through a major healing crisis, and it's, uh, it's kind of interesting to just watch how the energy system cooperates. About two hours after the radio show on Friday had started, I was in bed for two and a half days, hardly moving, and... Uh, then three hours before the radio show, I'm ready to rock and roll again. And it was the type of thing, uh, if you've been around the show a while, you know that my nemesis has been my lungs. And uh, it was a type of uh, cleanse, type of uh, healing process, you know, studying iridology, which is a study of the eye and using the eye as a roadmap to see what's going on in the, in the different organs of the body. I could see, and I haven't looked yet uh, since I just came out of this, how my uh, lungs have changed, but um, I could still see the drug implants in my lungs from when I was a kid, you know, almost uh, dead the uh, first hour of my life and uh, several times over the next uh, three or four years and uh, two weeks in the hospital every year at the beginning of, uh, of school in an oxygen tent being pumped full of every uh, imaginable, imaginable drug there is, you know, cortisone and all the rest. And uh, got to a point where I realized that, uh, that those drugs were killing me, although they kept me alive, they were killing me, slowly ebbing away my life. I, I thank the practitioners who were there to support me to, uh, to get through to the place where I could wake up and start to discover what healing is and, uh, and to start to, and as I say those words, wake up, <clears throat> pardon me, it's still a little frog in my throat. <clears> throat, as I say those words, I still uh, go back to where I like to go back to the thought brought forward by Carl Jung, who says, those who look without sleep, those who look within awaken. 
And, of course, we look at these pictures behind our eyeballs. We think we're looking out there. And that's all. I mean, it, it, it becomes clear to me every day. Everything we think we see, and it's so hard to comprehend because virtually everything is based on it. Everything we think we see is a dream. It's a picture on the inside of our eyeballs made up out of an interaction between the energies that come in. The eye is a one-way valve. It brings information in. You can't see out through it. Not possible. But it is a receiver. You know, in the same way that a television antenna picks up a, a, a signal from a TV set and you look at a picture generated by the TV on the screen of the TV, you don't look out through the antenna what's going on around. In the same way the eye is an antenna, you don't look out through your eye to see what's going on. You receive information and then that information stimulates things within you and the pictures come from what's stimulated within you. Combination. There is a touch of both. But where especially there is hostility or fear, there is always more content coming from within. The pictures we see printed on the inside of our eyeballs tell us more about the content of our minds than it tells us about the world going on around us. And most everybody's looking out there, talking about everybody out there, wanting everybody out there to change so they don't have to look within and wake up. The biggie is awakening. So with that being uh, my opportunity all those years, I've gone through several layers. And this was the kind of uh, healing process. And this is one of the measuring sticks by which I know I'm making huge progress. Not complete yet. After a half a century, you'd think I would be. But, hey, uh, when you start realizing that we're dealing with generations and generations and generations of data and that, in 30 generations or 1.7 billion plus people, it might take a little while. But I look at when I was younger and I would go into this type of process and it would last anywhere from two to six weeks and be at least four times the intensity. Yep, I did 36 hours and came out the other side lighter, clearer, and ready to move. So, you know, it's it's just interesting to to really take note of what's happening in the energy field and to really see it through the eyes of being. If we can't see something through the eyes of being, if, if we don't have the mind that we were born with active in us and seeing things, then we live in ignorance. Actually, one of the pieces that came out of this experience in kind of a, a bit of a delirious state I was in, but breathing and asking Roka for guidance was an, a new understanding of ignorance. And what I was told or shown was that ignorance is having information, data, or facts and not being able to interpret them through a mind of love and therefore have something that is useful to human life, which is love. That that's ignorance. And so when we're looking without, we're looking at a picture printed on the inside of our eyeballs, painted there by the content of our minds primarily, and thinking that the problem's out there. And so if you just, you can tell where you're at, you can tell where anybody's at just by listening to their conversations. If they're in disturbance or upset, and one is looking within, then they'll be talking about what's going on inside of them that's disturbed or upset. 
gee, you know, I walked into that room and I had all this fear and sadness and grief and I had pain in my back and my, my, my ankles and my shoulders. Man, it was just, I was really intense. That's the person who's looking within, who's awake. The person who's asleep will go, yeah, I walked into that room, man, and they made me feel so bad. I mean, I had aches and pains all over my body, and those SOBs, if only they changed, I wouldn't have to go through that again. You know, it's just the difference between awake and asleep. So uh, we we thank Susan repeatedly for renaming our uh, reality management sheet the wake-up sheet because that's really what it is. It supports us waking up by collapsing the pictures in the mind. The genius of this man 2,000 years ago named Yeshua in his first century Aramaic language, forget about ever finding it in Greek. Yeshua would say, all that stuff they're teaching you is Greek to me, but go to his first century Aramaic language, and what you find is you find him teaching people how to go within, how to wake up, how to collapse the pictures in their minds that keep them busy thinking the problems outside and keep looking out there for a solution and go inside where the solution lies. And then comes wisdom, the ability to look at any fact or circumstance and use it as a way to support human life rather than degrade human life. You know, people will look at a certain set of facts and say, well, boy, those people are doing that sort of thing. They deserve to be killed. <clears throat> okay, so that's ignorance. What does human life say? Human life says, oh, I have a human brother. God, what they did was so bizarre. They must be in so much pain. I wonder what we can do to support healing. As we start to awaken, as human life really starts to show up in the world, and you can go back, <clears throat> back a couple of years ago, I was doing some research on just the idea of human life, and I came across a quote by a rabbi in the first century B.C., so 2,100 years ago, this rabbi saying, in a world where there is no human life, we must each strive to be human. So we're here to invite you to be part of the team that changed the world, to function truly as a human being, to look at every circumstance. When your spouse does this, your child does that, your parent does that, your employer, your employee, your government, whatever, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you lay down and let yourself be trampled. If you need to step up and hold somebody accountable for aberrant behavior, great. But at the same time, to be able to have the intelligence to interpret it through a lens, through a, a set of thinking processes that empowers you to support your human life and the human life of others. That's where real intelligence comes into the process. And so... That's what we're here to support. We've uh, decoded a whole series of tools out of the first century Aramaic teachings of the man named Yeshua, and we're here to make them freely available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. We don't care whether you've got money or not. If you've got money, great, support us. It takes money to do it, but that's not what it's about. What it's about is making the tools available in a way that every mind, heart, and being on the planet can understand the tools, make use of the tools, and bring themselves into the full, total experience of human life. And human life, physiologically, is bliss, aliveness, and joy. So that's what we're here to support, and we're honored and delighted that you're here with us. Dr. Tim, how was your weekend, sir? Well, I was supporting my mother through her healing. Uh, how's she mom had, doing? She's doing quite well. Uh, we just went to the doctor this morning and 
has a relatively clean bill of health. Apparently, in her young age, she's developed an allergy to sulfa-based antibiotics, and so that happened on Thursday night. I had to rush her to the emergency room and full-blown allergic reaction, but they got that stifled, and now she's alive and well and celebrating the beginning of her 89th year. And so, well, bless her heart. So that was, you know, a big part of the activities. I went to some wonderful live music performances on Saturday and Sunday. The Woodstock, Illinois Folk Festival had a concert for fundraising, and they have their uh, their yearly folk festival, which is quite a deal here in Woodstock, Illinois, and. Um, other than that, it was just a, a a lovely weekend with family and a, a few interactions with friends, and now we're back at the usual meeting with people and teaching the tools and promoting people to um, <laughs> to have gratitude and appreciation for what the day brings them. My friend... Um, who introduced me to this work years ago sent me a book recently by a name uh, a man named Matthew and the title of the book is whatever arises love that and so the title goes Sounds right like along a good title. With, with this work and with the guy finley work and um it's we've pretty much gotten through the Guy Finley uh, Magical Relationships videos. And they are, you know, once upon a time, way back when, the beginning of last month, Julie from Oregon, Julie from Ashland, Oregon, called the show and asked if I had um, any comments about that series. And I couldn't comment at the time because I hadn't heard it in my my review of it and my comment at this point are it's very good stuff. It's right in line with healing through relationships and codependence to interdependence and having the individual take full active responsibility for whatever arises in them and learn to take full responsibility for it and to pay the price to dismantle it so the relationship can move along in a connected, loving space. And um, so he's, while he doesn't have the specific tools like the reality management wake-up sheet and three earliest memories of conflict, et cetera, and the mind-goal management sheet, he does have these, what, what he calls exercises or tools, and they're usually built around a, a play on words. And so um, the, the, the last one was um, the lead-up, the teaser for, for the talk was how to end any conflict, how to favorably end any conflict without exception. And, and the, 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 the phrase at the end of it is, the payoff is, I see myself through your eyes. 
I see me the way you see me. And his point is, any time I get triggered and I have an upset in an interaction, a conversation, in a relationship, that's the piece that's missing. I am not able to see when I'm triggered how I look to the other party, to the other part of the relationship. And if I, it reminds me of the phrase, if, if, I, if the hidden pain and suffering of the adversary could be seen, it would be enough to end all conflict. It reminds me of that ancient wisdom that in, I don't have to walk a mile in the other person's shoes. I just have to be in the moment and be able to realize how I'm appearing in their mind. And when that happens, like, go ahead. I was just going to say, it sounds like a great tool, the way he's put that together. That's an awesome piece. Yeah, so it was a, I, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful um, three series of talks called Ma- uh, Relationship Magic. And when you bought it, you get three bonus talks and then a question and answer. So I've seen everything except the question and answer series on the webinar. Cool, cool. And it sounds like you got to see, you probably got to hear uh, Trisha Alexander playing this weekend then. I got to hear a little bit of Trisha Alexander. I got to hear Ken Johnson, another one of my favorites. He's done the music for a couple of my talks at the Unity and um, and a whole host of wonderful musicians from the local area that played yesterday at the uh, fundraiser for the Woodstock Folk Festival, which is coming up in July. Cool. Awesome. Well, one of the things you might want to get for mom is a bottle of oregano oil. You can order it off of Amazon or you can get it at, uh, oh, GNC. Actually, GNC has a, uh, it's not the actual oregano oil brand, but it's a similar thing. It's oregano oil with uh, mixed with olive oil, and it's a really uh, wonderful, powerful antibiotic that creates no, um, you know, resistant organisms in its wake and has no detrimental side effects to the body and no nobody that has ever heard of is allergic to oregano oil and uh, just a little bit of that if one starts to uh, run into uh, you know infectious type problems can really be uh, uh, really helpful without creating all the untoward side effects that go along with the uh, with the drug pro- uh, prospect yeah, agreed. I use it on a regular basis. I even put a few drops in my uh, regular um, saline sinus flush, and it's quite helpful with that. And so I'm I'm on that, and I appreciate the uh, reminder. And and here's to uh, continued health for Betty for the next however long she's sticking around in the body. We certainly support that. Actually. Uh... Jeannie's son Ryan and his uh, her daughter-in-law Gabby, uh, they're both doing it on a daily basis, and they've got their two dogs and cat on it as well. So, and they've been dealing with all kinds of stuff with it. Pretty powerful stuff. Well, let's check with Jeannie and see if we've got anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anybody in the chat room with a thought force. Uh, we do have a hand up, and just a slight correction, sweetie. You said you were down for 36 hours. It was more like 64. 
Oh, 64. Oh, well. My math is off today. Yeah. What can I say? My math, my math brain wasn't working. But anyway, um, our first caller is area code 856. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, Michael and Jeannie and Dr. Tim. It's David calling. Hey, welcome, sir. Good to hear your voice. Well, thank you. It's good to be heard. Uh, not the first time I've spoken with you today. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad to uh, uh, to hear you came come on the show to to share some of what's happening in your world. Yes, thank you. I, I'll I'll get right to it. Um, so I was on the call on the phone with you on the radio show, March 28th, at, for about the last five minutes. Uh, but I also got a lot out of that show listening to your conversation with Captain on the same call. And then I called back in at the top of the hour on March 30th. And I shared about uh, someone very, very close to me, someone who, like myself, has recently lost a parent, um, ended up in a state of psychosis and in the mental uh, health unit uh, psych ward. And um, what I shared on the 30th was that I went to see uh, this person and the terror that came up in me uh, was so... Uh, intense that it was it didn't feel like it was coming up in me it didn't feel like mine it felt like uh, something that was out of control and and um, I've been doing this work for about 18 years and so I'm fairly adept at being able to, to take responsibility for what I'm feeling and, and in this case it was very challenging for me to do that and so um, I was on the call with you um, that day. Uh, process. I last. I said I lasted about 45 seconds in the in the visit with this person uh, before I needed to go. And then um, some time has passed, and I've been not sitting. I have not been resting on my laurels. I actually have been doing work as aggressively as I know how, and I've been. Uh, in fact, I transcribed in my own hand, word for word. Uh, the full text of the first call um, and I've listened back to it while reading it and I also listened back to uh, the second call on a number a number of times since then and that prepared me for this morning when I came downstairs um, I had developed a new habit as of last uh, time we talked of leaving my phone downstairs when I go to bed um, and I came down I looked at my phone and there was a number I didn't recognize, and I called it, and it was a friend of this person uh, who told me that I love very much, and the friend told me that this person showed up at her house at 3 in the morning, and they called uh, 911 again, and this person was uh, admitted to a hospital again. So I called her father, and I drove, and I took my daughter to school, and then I got in the car, and I drove down about an hour and a half to where this person's hospital was. And uh, I waited in the uh, waiting room for about an hour for her father to arrive. And it was um, and about a few minutes before uh, her father arrived, I called you. I told you what was going on. And you advised me. And, and the, the anxiety was beginning to grow in me. Uh, when I called you and you suggested that I breathe her 
you said that I have probably the only tool that would be useful for her now, uh, which is to breathe her. And so I said, the anxiety got a little more intense when you made that suggestion. And I wasn't even <laughs> sure at that time. <laughs> I wasn't even sure when I called you at that time. I wasn't even sure if I was going to go in to see her. I was going to greet her father. My my plan was I would greet her father and, and give him uh, the support that I could. Uh, and then I wasn't sure I would go in to see her. And when you made that suggestion, I said, uh, that seems like a tall order. And your response to me was, you've met tall orders before. <laughs> and uh, I, I uh, shortly after we got off the phone, I received uh, her father in the uh, emergency room, spent time with He was very uh, reassured and happy to see me. Um, I noticed, and I don't want to forget to include this, that I started immediately noticing power person dynamics with her father as though it was my own father. <laughs> I noticed like, wow, I'm, you know, he would like be talking to the nurses and I would go to say something and he would raise his hand like, you know, nicely, but like firmly, like not now, don't say anything now I'm talking. And I immediately felt that stuff like I, it was the power person dynamics that I would have with my own father, with her father. And I breathed and um, I put the badge on and I walked in with him and I, to see her, and I had your recommendation in my mind, and she was um, asleep. She woke up a little bit, and I sat down, and I started to breathe her. I started to, similar in a similar way to what I did with my mother when my mother was on her transition bed, when my mother was, was about to leave her body, and I breathed with her. I breathed with, my, uh, with this person uh, in a similar way. I watched her body go up and down and I breathed and I invited uh, Yeshua and Rukha Dukutsha and my mother and uh, anyone that wanted to support her to support me and I uh, and I breathed with her um, She was, and I spoke to her and uh, I lasted an awful lot longer than 45 seconds and um, and now I uh, am, am a, I'm kind of amazed um at the you know the the progress that I've made and I'm very much inviting you all to hold a space for this person as uh as she deals with uh the road that she needs to go on she has been um you know not willing to acknowledge um where she is in terms of needing uh care and uh of course that led her back to another uh manic psychotic episode that hopefully i i for one am am hoping that she takes the full support of the medical community in the in the fir- in the short term in a similar way to what you said michael yes the the um what they do to her may not heal her but it might help her to it might help create a bridge for her to uh, get to where she, i can uh perhaps reach her or she can uh, receive the learning about healing and understand what healing is, um, you know. As and I certainly will be available to, and more than available to her to to help her to um, uh, receive that that learning. But I think my hope is that she does uh, take full advantage of what the medical community has to offer her uh, in the short term, knowing that she's got people around her who love her that uh, also might enable her if uh 
you know, depending on what what happens. So that's uh, that's what I have to share at the moment, and I open it up to, uh, first of all, to say thank you for allowing me this space to share because I, I get to now listen back to it, and I, and I certainly invite uh, any uh, feedback from you and the team. Well, my first, uh, my first feedback would be my acknowledgement of you that um, when you had a taller, you decided to stand up. That oftentimes makes a big difference, <laughs> and, uh, and that instead of being filled with the terror that came up in you the uh, first time you saw her, which you know, if you think in terms of the definition I just gave of ignorance and intelligence, uh, was the experience interpreted through love and through something useful to you and to human life or not. And that's oftentimes what happens when we just try to look outside and we think that what's you know, creating disturbance in us is, uh, is outside of us. And then you know, that you had the willingness to come forward and share on the show back then uh, what came up for you, what was happening, and, and receive some guidance to do your work and, uh, and to look within and to clean that up. And here yeah. you stand in a similar, cir- a similar circumstance. And, um, and in that circumstance, yeah, I think I, you're I'm there as a space of love and support. Yeah. Go ahead. I, uh, I don't know that I said it on this call or not, but I know on the last call I explained uh, to people listening that I, I had been in a psych ward uh, 17 years ago after getting clean and, and working on um, starting to do my work, but, but that was after you know uh, years uh, of, of pretty severe alcoholism. So um, that part of the resonant uh, frequency for me was my own experience um of uh having an episode like that. So it was yeah, I don't know if I said that today, but I certainly explained it last week when I was on the call. That's awesome. And, and that was and the fact yeah. that you're there along with the treatment that she's getting and sadly so often treatment helps to, you know, settle down symptoms, but it really doesn't do anything for the healing process. So the fact that you're there and, and, you know, perhaps she's got physicians, but there are more and more of them all the time who have the awareness of what healing is and, yes, offers treatment, but then offers healing as a parallel path so that somebody can recognize treatment, can handle symptoms, but don't create healing. And uh, and to offer that that healing support that you're there to do that as a uh, support to the medical community is pretty awesome. You know, Dr. Tim brought up a... Uh, a radio show where there's a medical doctor and a psychiatrist who are having a conversation on uh, on being radio, and uh, I believe it was Tim. Was it December first? That show. It's December third. December third, twenty fifteen. Yeah. So if you go to December third, twenty fifteen, on, on being dot org. Correct. On being dot org. Awesome. It's an awesome conversation. And this physician talks about how it was necessary for him to discover healing because he hadn't learned anything about it in medical school. When his own life was threatened, he had to find out what healing was. And uh, so he speaks about four things uh, that are pretty impressive for someone in the medical community to bring forward. And that was the necessity for forgiveness, the necessity for love, the necessity for community, and the necessity for decent food. And that these are the things that help to bring healing while treatment can handle symptoms. So uh, for anybody that's listening, uh, you might just want to give an ear to that you know it's a free um, mp3 download 
You can go to onbeing.org, December 3rd, 2015, and it's just awesome where he speaks about, you know, what we've been putting out to the world for years, and uh, and he talks uh, actually three or four times in the in the presentation. He said, I never learned that in medical school, and I never learned that because they don't teach it in medical school. It's not the purpose of medical school. The purpose is treatment. Now, there are schools that are shifting and moving into healing modalities, but that's not necessarily what the pharmaceutical community wants. So the fact that you're there to offer that, yeah, I think, is pretty awesome and that you uh, you stood tall and walked in and were able to be with her like that. It's just uh, it's fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I've been very uh, observant. And, I, of course, I also had another situation arise where my own uh, beloved uh, wife needed to go into the hospital for an emergency procedure, and I was able to to stand in a space for her during that time, and she's well, and that's exciting that she's well. Um, it's been an interesting time, um, and I've been relying on the tools more than ever. I, I did a work, um, a mind shifter that's on your list of mind shifters called As I Forgive, I youth and strengthen. And as I did that, I was working with the website and so forth, and I changed it at one point to, as I read chapter 24, I youth and strengthen. And <laughs> there's nobody. I, I would, I don't know. I, I, there might be two people, but there's not more than five people that have read that more than I have. And I, um, I found that it was like I needed to read it like a brand new person for the very first time. And as I started, so I actually found the resistance to reading it. I, I noticed where my mind went unconscious, where I wasn't, where I was read a par, I'd read a paragraph and I would recognize that I just missed what I just read. And so I started that mind shifter. As I read chapter 24, I used and strengthened. And the depth that's available in your work is beginning to come to light uh, even more. And the, um, you know, uh, as I, one of the experiences that I had 17 years ago or 18 years ago, whatever it was, when I was in the psych ward was in the follow-up treatments. One of my most traumatic experiences of just raw, uh, for lack of a better word, depression, was when they were in a uh, therapeutic environment and they invited us to do some pottery. And I, and I got so locked up inside about my stuff, about my ability to create in the world and giving up being to somebody who told me I couldn't do it. And I was just desperate. And I looked into the kind eyes of this... Uh, <laughs> the kind eyes of this Native American uh, woman who was the therapist there, and I did the, the pottery. And then yesterday, I took my beautiful daughter to uh, the church to support my... Uh, some people, and then I went. I, just, I got a call from her. Um, we were going to go meet up with her friends, a couple of her little little girlfriends. And the mom said, "We're going to meet at this pottery place <laughs> at one o'clock at one thirty. Would you like to join us?" And I said, "Cool, yeah. we breathe with you." <laughs> so I I went to the pottery place, and the three children were doing the pottery, and I was remembering, and I was just, this is too funny. And the other the moms that were there were not doing pottery. And I'm like, I'm going to do some pottery with the kids. 
<laughs> so I I ended up doing a uh, so I've been you know given this opportunity to do my why is this happening to me again work in a way that really touches back into what I went through those years ago and I had a beautiful experience with these with these uh, young girls doing this uh, pottery and no one knew that I had any background with it they just thought boy this is unusual for a man in our culture to, <laughs> to be able to sit and, and do yeah. this with, with the children and um and then after that, I took the three girls out on a shopping trip, and I talked to you from there. And and um, so it's, you know, for anybody, it, there's just a lot of levels of this work. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I once there's a book called Mastery where they, they, they reference a, a guy who, oh, I just, uh, he was about to, um, meet his maker and he said I want my white belt he was a master and he had a, he was a black belt many times over and he said he, he wanted to wear his white belt and and I kind of feel like that although I'm uh, planning to be in my body for a very very long time I I am I am happy to put on my white belt uh, today and start um, wherever I need to start to do my work and to recognize that this is not an intellectual process uh, it, it is an intellectual process, and it can be, um, but it, there's always deeper levels, and, and um, the pottery experience was kind of a neat one. And the other one was uh, the first, this person's father bringing up my – him stepping into the role of my father as he uh, was feeling, you know, like he needed to control the situation, and I was there, and I watched his hand go up, and I felt this hostility – and I said, okay, that's mine. You know, that's mine. Um, and this nice is going to show up. This is how it's going to, you know, and and this hostility that I carry that he just triggered for me is going to show up in how I interact with my daughter. Um, in, and I'm sure it has in ways that are not nearly as, uh, you know, drastic as what I experienced as a child. But certainly uh, it was motivational for me to say, you know what, I... I don't need this. Uh, this is an energy for me that I need to uh, to do some work on. So I wanted to bring that to light. Sweet, and that's a great example, uh, David, of uh, of the difference between looking without and looking within. You know, the average person would look and say, well, "Who does that guy think he is? Here, I just sat for an hour. I drove an hour and a half to be here to support him, and he's going to put his hand up and shush me." Wow, that could be a whole conversation, and people be upset about that for months, years, and never talk to the guy again. And yeah, and then and then go and re- the- reinforce it. <laughs> go reinforce it with other people about, about yeah, how somebody you know, else. Exactly, pass it on. And instead, awakening. I look within and go, "Whoa, that brings hostility up for me." That's that's like what a perfect example of the difference between sleep and awakening. That's just you know, fabulous, fabulous, awesome work. And um, I, you might take a look on my Facebook page, jam underscore rice, R-Y-C-E. I posted yesterday a really sweet uh, video of a uh, a man who's getting ready to go out on a date. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's really cool. No, and I his, haven't. You know, his, his nicest suit on, and he's putting his tie, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's talking about how nervous he is about this date. And he walks out the front door of his house all spiffied up and dressed up and he turns around and goes back to the door and knocks on it and his daughter answers the door. (laughs) 
and she's in a dress. And uh, it's like, Daddy, are you ready for our date? And it's just so sweet. I have. I think I have seen that. I think I might have seen it on your, I don't know if it was on your Facebook page or somewhere else, but oh my God, it just hit me on a whole new level. Yeah. The energy that should be there for dads and daughters, if uh, we are able to look within and clean up what we need to clean up, it's pretty awesome. So thanks for making that contribution to humanity and to families. Thank you. Thank you. I've got some emotion up now and I'm, I'm going to breathe, and um, I'll chime in if uh, if I'm moved to do so as the show goes on. There's still some time for other folks to to join in, and I I guess I, cool. what I want to, to 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 drive in too is for folks who are doing this work. You know that chapter 24. Um, after a while, you know I used to do um, network marketing, and one of the biggest frustrations in network marketing would be I would say to a person, hey, I do this company, and I would want to explain to them how deep and wonderful this company was, and they would want to immediately characterize it and say, oh, that's that's MLM. I know what that is. And it was so frustrating because I know they didn't understand the depth of what I was showing them. And I realized this week I do that with your work. I say, oh, that's Michael's work. I know that. I don't. I really don't. So let me see. Let me see if I got it clear. So, so when somebody would say they knew that, that would frustrate you. So something outside of you would frustrate you. That's a that's a novel concept. Well, I'll have to look into that and that, see if that's that possible. That was how I. <laughs> <laughs> that was how I processed the world back then, and I'm sure anyone who's done any network marketing can understand that. Uh, mistake is that you're right. It would resonate. <laughs> Thank you. It would resonate my frustration, and I. But it was a beautiful awakening for me this week to recognize that I do that in my inside my own temple, inside my own world. I would say, oh yes, chapter twenty four. I understand chapter twenty four. I got that because we're so good at categorizing stuff so we don't have to be present to it and we don't have to, or I am so good at categorizing stuff because I don't want to have to be present to it. I don't want to have to awaken to it. I want to be able to say, got it, I know it, and move on to something else. And and one thing that's come to me this, this week is that I could spend many more years and decades with Chapter 24 and continue to glean uh, insights about myself from that. Well, I join you on a daily basis in putting on your white belt. And for anybody who doesn't understand the world of judo or martial arts, a white belt is the beginner's belt. And I put my white belt on every day, every day, every situation, every day. And, you know, I, I love how Dr. Tim talks about it. He speaks about, you know, approaching something as though everything I know about it is either wrong or something about it's inaccurate. Then I've got a mind that's open and can capture new understanding, new information, and new depth. And with that new depth, I develop the eyes to see and the ears to hear what otherwise is invisible to me. So awesome, awesome work, my friend. I'm uh, I'm honored that you're on the team. I'm honored at been, having been part of the way that you've created relationship in your life, the way that you brought your daughter into the world so consciously, so purposely, so lovingly, and the way that you're moving forward with her is just amazing. 
and the people around you. You're a, you're a blessing and a gift to them. Thank you. Thank you. All right, have a blessed day, and let's check with Jeannie. Let's see if Dr. Tim has anything to share uh, based on that conversation before we check with Jeannie again. Well, the thing that came to my mind was a lecture from Guy Finley I was listening to just again today. It's Secrets of Being Unstoppable, and he says, before you can get through any obstacle in your life, you have to willingly enter into it. And that's what I heard you got advised to do by Michael and what you went ahead and did. And that's why this situation worked out so well. Imagine, as you probably have like most of us, we've had situations like that come up. They look too big and we turn and run away. And then we create in our mind all kinds of demons around what we ran away from or all kinds of rationalizations about how it was a good thing that we left instead of faced it. And Guy Finley's advice in that lecture boils down to the four steps to spiritual freedom. Start, which means willingly enter into the problem in front of you. Stick to it. Keep going. See what happens. Step three I mean, be present with the situation. Watch what's going on in you and watch what's going on around you. And then step four is start again. And so start, stick with it, see what happens, and start again means I don't get to run away from life. It means I get to be in the middle of my life. I get to breathe into it. I get to stay aware in the moment, and I get to extend the love that is my true nature in that moment to everyone and everything around me and when I do that life is very different thank you for sure yeah and and I get to uh, heal that you know when um, David talked to us last week he was talking about how he saw this young lady and he just had to go leaving that leaving issue and you can't start face and deal with an issue in your life if leaving is a response and that's why that's such a big issue on the planet to heal that is going to open so much space on planet earth when each of us individually and then collectively can heal that uh, that old leaving game and the line in the commitment i'm here for and with you keeping communication open and i'll keep love conscious active and present as we heal celebrate life and grow together so we're delighted to be here with you Oh, thank you. All right. Well, Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room? Or anybody happen, uh, have a hand up in the phone queue? We do have a hand up. It's area code 815. You're on the air. 815? Hey. Hey. Welcome, 815. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? I got you. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? I got you. I can you. hear you fine. Go Who do we have? Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I'm calling off the tablet, and I first experienced using this as a phone. Okay. Well, it's working. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? How can we support you? I'm from Illinois. I'm a bit southwest of Chicago. 
Oh, welcome to the show. How can we support you today? And talk about the subject of suicide, especially in the military. And why there's so much of it and old friend of mine lost her. I posted about that yesterday on my Facebook page. I think it's a really major issue to look at in the culture. It's beautiful what you posted. It's really nice. But I'm dealing with the whole guilt issues and his mother and I were close friends in high school and we've remained friends for good lord. Thirty some years. But right. twenty, twenty five years ago. We stopped spending time together, not hanging out. You know, we'd call each other now and then to catch up. And so it's been a quarter of a century, and our kids don't really know each other. I was going through the old photos, and I found a picture of my daughter and her son. He was two, and my daughter was three or four. And they were so happy, so happy. And I'm dealing with guilt now for not spending time with them and going, could I have made a difference? I don't know. I'm just calling looking for under. Well, yeah, well, first of all, my first, no, no apology. We're delighted you're here sharing what's going on with you. That's the purpose of our show. And my first piece of input would be that you might want to pull out the uh, reality management wake-up sheet and Get ready to forgive your guilt and let go of it because if you stay in your guilt, you're probably not going to go be with her now. Get free of that, and what inhibits you from being with her might be what you forgive, and now's the time probably when she needs you more than ever. And another aspect of the whole thing that you may need to deal with, since they're, as children they were close, your your daughter and, and his son, her son, that you might have to deal with the imminence of death around you and the loss that you perhaps haven't let yourself experience with this child. And, uh, and all that comes with that is the insanity and the b- bizarreness of the culture that says this is a good thing to do to send our children off to war. You know, it's, it's a mindset that needs to change, and to start to confront that mindset is a huge, huge undertaking. It is. It is. I, uh, Good breath. Learned this week. The military, I guess, has a suicide prevention office. And from what I found on Google, I guess it's in disarray. It's, it's just, but I thought about that. I'm like, one hand. If they're going to screw up these kids, they should be fixing them. On the other hand, isn't that the fact of Garden the Hen House? Maybe. Maybe it needs to be another organization that fixes them. Well, and I think the whole culture needs to shift. I don't think we can put this off on anybody. You know, the whole phenomenon of war is a cultural outcome. And we all contribute to it. The minute we go into denial and want to blame the guy next door or the person that sleeps in the bed beside us or the person that's sleeping in the other room, we begin an energy, a mind energy that supports war. And, you know, if if you look at the opening words in the book of John in Aramaic, 
where we're told it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. It's not what it says. It says, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. When I buy into the mind energy of war, i.e., I should fight against you and do something to you because of what you did to me, I create an, a literal energy field that when enough minds join in it, that field permeates and takes over the whole culture. Then it becomes acceptable to you know, say that it was a fair response when 3,000 people died in the, in the downing of uh, towers in New York to go and kill a million and a half Iraqis who weren't even involved in the game. You know, it's like something has to heal in the mindset of the culture. And so when you and I do our work, then we can be guided as to what our part is in the bigger work. You know, when I first started doing this work, I was in the business world. I had three businesses. I had 60 employees. I worked 19 hours a day, 22 days a week. You know, I mean, my day didn't stop. Because I thought that's what life was about and that's what life was for. And then I started to dabble in this type of thinking and this type of work. And came to the point where one morning I woke up and I said, I don't know what the heck I'm doing in this world because that's not what I'm here for. And I started to work in the direction of what I discovered I was really here for. Uh And that's what this body of work came out of and as we touch each heart and each mind as we become a mind that can touch another mind out of human life out of love then we open a space for love to permeate the planet and that's what's going to heal this thing there's no individual in Washington there's no group in Washington or anywhere else that's going to heal this whole mindset we're going to do it individually and collectively And so my support for you would be that you pick up and do your work, your forgiveness. And remember the word forgiveness means remove. It doesn't mean let somebody off the hook. So you forgive in you any thought, any feeling that relates to attack or, you know, bringing yourself or someone else down. And as you forgive that, You'll open a space for higher guidance to come in. And I don't know, maybe, maybe your place in the whole thing, and, and perhaps you don't know your purpose yet, maybe your place in the whole thing is going to be to create the organization that changes the game for all of these people coming back with all of these stress disorders and this insane brainwashing of hate that's put into the military mind. I don't know, maybe that's your purpose. And if it is, and we can support you in it, that's exactly what we're here to do. And maybe starting with this mom is going to be the opening for you. I don't know. But I certainly hold the space for what is accurate and appropriate. Well, thank you. Any thoughts for you, Dr. Tim? Dr. Tim, yeah. any thoughts for you? He has, he has dropped off. Oh, okay. So does that help you to move along in the right direction? Yeah. Cool. Sometimes it makes more sense when you listen to it a second. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And, and certainly as you move forward, you know, there will be hitches and blocks along the way. 
And the purpose of us doing this five days a week, an hour a day, is so that any time you feel you need support, you can pick up the phone and call into the show, and we'll offer you that support. That's simply what we're here to do. And, you know, maybe sitting down with this mom and doing a worksheet with her, teaching her some of the forgiveness work might be an awesome start and help to support her in being alleviated of what I can only imagine is the pain that she's experiencing from what she's gone through. It's just so, so outrageous and bizarre and, you know, very, very, very conservative estimates say that we're losing 25 people a day coming back from the military. And that's very conservative. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's over a hundred a day, but it's kept quiet. So we hold the space for you and breathe with you, hold you on our hearts, and we'll look forward to the next time you call in. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Jeannie, you've got another call for us, sweetie? We do. We're down to about two minutes, but area code 224, you're on the air. Hi, Jeannie. Michael. It's Mary from uh, Chicago. Hey, young lady. Good to hear your voice. You're sounding Hi, chipper just- today. I am. I'm, it comes in waves. I mean, I'm up, I'm down, but uh, it, it, overall things are going much, much better. And really, I was just listening to the last caller, and I noticed that it was an 815 area code, which is kind of my area around the Woodstock area. Um, and just right. would love, I didn't catch the person's name, but I'd love to invite them to our Tuesday night support group if they want to work to, go through a worksheet, if they have any experience with your work. It's a great place, and some wonderful people, and, you know, we'd, we'd love to have them if they uh, would, would uh, come by and join us. Great idea. I wasn't thinking of it being in your area, so there are actually two support groups, Tuesday night in Woodstock and uh, Thursday night in uh, Crystal Lake at Dr. Tim's yes. office, and right. he's awesome support. So uh, if you're still on the call, then uh, please t- take note of that, Tuesdays and Thursdays. There are support groups right there in your your home area code, I don't know how close they are to you, but you'd have the support of, of just an awesome group of folks. Yes, it is. It's done wonders for me. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, we'd love to have you. Come on. Come on over. And uh, that's really all I had today. So uh, thanks, and uh, another great show. Talk to all you right, later. Blessings. Appreciate you. All right. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Pretty awesome community developing around this work, and uh, we appreciate everyone's participation. And if your participation is just being there holding the space of love, you know, one of the exercises we offer to people in our intensive is close your eyes, touch into the deepest, most powerful love that you can, intensify it, open your eyes, and send it to the person in the mirror or send it to the person sitting across from you. Or send it to the person in your mind and just be in that energy space. We call that holding the space of love. It's a powerful tool. And each person that connects to the radio show as you call in maybe for your first time, each person that's listening to the show, whether they're in Australia or the Middle East or Asia or South America, doesn't matter where they are, they're doing that for you right now. And that's the power of a loving community. Blessings. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Bye-bye.